You are listening to the Jesus Teacher Gimme podcast. Thank you for tuning in for today's episode, episode 22, as we embark on one of Bonhoeffer's older sermons from the 30s. He talked about forgiveness, and we will be discussing that today. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Jesus, Dietrich, and Me. My name is Tyler, and across from me once again is Pastor Hill. We are your pastors. We are your tour guides as we go through the works of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And today, we're going to be looking at one of his sermons from, uh, I think it's, it's in 1935. Right. Is that correct? 1935. Uh, he's going to be talking about forgiveness, and he's using... November 1935. November. So it is. So this is... Uh, Let's see, 85, almost to the date, 85 years ago, right? So it is, yes, it is uh, It is November 24th at the time of recording, uh, two days before Thanksgiving. Uh, I am very thankful for the forgiveness of you, Pastor Hill, uh, is the, the constant mistakes that I make. <laughs> Thank you for the, he's, he's, uh, he's wiping his eyes and kind of rubbing his, fore- yeah. his forehead. Uh, Internally groaning. Yeah, yes. Uh, grateful, obviously, for the, the forgiveness that we all have in Christ uh, as he was crucified for us, giving us the, the, the keys to the kingdom, giving us the kingdom. Uh, very grateful for that. And um, I don't know about you. Uh, I will be with some family this co- in the next couple of days. Uh, please do us a favor and don't don't tattle on us. <laughs> yeah, I'm breaking all of Governor Whitmer's <laughs> yes, rules. We're, yeah, we're breaking the rules, we're rule breakers. Yeah. Uh, but Jesus died for rule breakers. <laughs> so uh, I, I think I mentioned that in a sermon a, a, a couple of weeks ago. But uh, anywho, yes, we will be talking about, about forgiveness today. Uh, Pastor Hill is going to be leading us through uh, his sermon from 1935, 1934, no. 1935. I'm sorry, Dietrich yeah. Bonhoeffer's sermon from what, 1930. Yeah, not your sermon. Not my sermon. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the clarification. Yes. Uh, so the we're just gonna we're gonna dive right in. Uh, the the text that we're gonna use and that Bonhoeffer uses is uh, is the parable of the unforgiving servant. So I'm gonna read these first two verses here just to kind of set the scene uh, for what Jesus says and. Um, it's probably going to sound familiar because I believe that we have talked about this exact parable. Uh, we talked about it in a different light, uh, to be sure, but I'm going to revisit it because forgiveness is is one of those things that, uh, I mean, I know that I can never perfect. So um, just a reminder, guys, okay, so this is Matthew 18, uh, verses 21 and 22, and this is, this is what uh, Matthew writes. He says, Then Peter came up and said to him, said to Jesus, Lord... How often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I got that. No problem. Lock that down. Check that block. I do that perfectly. (laughs) Seventy-seven and then you're done, right? Yeah. So he starts out the sermon, I'll just read a little bit of it. Uh, don't do this at Thanksgiving, or maybe you should, I don't know. <laughs> uh, he says, basically he says to sit down, ask yourself, is there someone in your neighborhood, your family, or friends who you've not forgiven a uh, wrong that they've done, or someone who th- with whom you have a broken relationship, broken up in anger? Uh, is there someone who you're silent to and bitter about? Someone who you've said to yourself, I can't put up with him or her anymore. 
the person, question, right? the person might be at your Thanksgiving table on Thursday, yeah. or you know, Friday or whatever. That's right. true uh-huh. in some family. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is a sermon he preached in Finkenwald at the confessional seminary. So, um, who would have been the audience? His seminarians. Is this right. the Finkenwald? That's the that's the seminary that he wrote Life Together for too. Right. 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 Is it? How right. to okay. live together. Um, and um, it got circulated by, and I'm not sure you've ever seen this, but you may actually have heard of this word, by mimeograph. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it got circulated not only to, uh, it had, remember this is Nazi time, so it didn't go out in the general uh, Facebook or anything, but uh, to former graduates of Finkenwald, um, yeah, they mailed them copies of this. And he begins by thinking about, hey, let's say we're in heaven and peek around the corner and there is Billy Bob with whom I, well, I don't think I ever forgave him or uh, spoke to him again or, you know, sometimes, fortunately for me, most of these people are already dead so I don't have to worry about (laughs) forgiving them. But uh, uh, at least to their faces. But yeah, turning around the corner in heaven and seeing somebody whom you have hated in your heart or had bitterness to, or um, and taking a casual, I think this is the casual, you know, God will forgive me for my unforgiveness attitude. Um, and he's suggesting that maybe the time for restitu- restitution is now. And uh, restoration is now, not uh, um, commiserating with each other in heaven about what you should have done, could have done, but did not do. <sighs> so we shouldn't put off forgiveness. No. And he's a couple places he says, you know, if you think that's not me, and I'm paraphrasing, that I don't harbor those kinds of thoughts against any person. Well, guess who you're deceiving? <laughs> if we say uh, we have no sin, the truth we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Yeah. So he's doing a Luther thing, which is not surprising. It's more than not forgiving the person. He's saying, do you have good thoughts about that person? Mm-hmm. Well, all too often I would have to say I have no thoughts about that person because, yeah, I forgave them, shut them up in a box, nailed it dug a hole nine feet in the ground, dropped it in. Yeah, and never never thought about <laughs> yeah, it again. Buried it and said, yeah. see you later, yeah. uh, and put them out of my mind rather than ever dealing with them before. And so the question in the center of this is really about counting. Um, so what did Peter do there? How many times must I? And he's counting, right? Um, seven, seven yeah. times. He thought he was pretty hot. Um, <laughs> generally, the rabbinic thought was three. Three. Um, once, twice, and the third, not three forgivenesses, two forgivenesses, third, you're out. Yes, yeah, baseball. Three strikes and you're out, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So it appears, it appears that Peter is doing something, a lot, he's kind of pulling a move here. Yeah, he thinks he's. He's trying to. Do you think he's trying to show off for Jesus here? Like, hey, I'm, 
really not really not that bad of a guy. Um, not that Jesus thought that Peter was bad, but P- Peter certainly had his roller coaster experiences. Mm. Um, you know, so it could taking be. the three and then doubling it and then adding one for good measure. Yeah, the perfect number. I, it actually, you know, doesn't say it in the scriptures. So put this in quotes. There may have been a disciple right there amongst them that he was ticked off. <laughs> um, and uh, maybe he had someone in mind that uh, had been irritating him. So Maybe it was the disciple that Jesus loved. It Could was John. <laughs> Kid didn't know his place, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and this, is, this is also in the context of uh, who is the greatest. That's right in there in mm-hmm. this passage. So same chapter. Yep, same chapter. So, yeah. So what Bonhoeffer is saying here um, is that it's not enough to forgive, um, and uh, and then just write the person out of your life. It, it calls for reconciliation. Reconciliation is a different and difficult thing. Forgiveness is God himself, Christ, requires us to forgive. <sighs> forgive as I have, as Christ has forgiven you, I think Paul says. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, is that ever a tall um, hurdle. Yeah, we talked We talked about that yesterday, or uh, Sunday as well. You know, it's not just forgiving as you've been, or as your neighbors forgive you. It's not just loving your neighbors as you love yourself. It's loving, it's forgiving, it's serving as Christ has done that for you, right? right? Perfectly, unapologetically, um, with everything that he has. There's there's another layer to it, too, of of this forgiveness that Christ is requiring. Um, You don't have to, um, the other person doesn't have to uh, submit to you, apologize to you, admit they've done something wrong, grovel, or whatever other word pictures you want to have. You're to forgive them, um, wow, what's the word I'm searching for? Unconditionally. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. What do sure. we hear from people when we tell them around here to forgive unconditionally, even though we can't do it ourselves, or not <laughs> often? They'll do it again. Yeah, definitely. Or you can expect that. You're giving um, them a license to mm-hmm. do it again. Right. Or when you say, I forgive you, then you're telling them, it's all right. Whatever you did, it's all right. Um, well, actually, no, it's not all right. Right. Um, but so what does that mean, do you think, when I have to forgive? Well, I think, it, I think it's... What, what did I just say? What? Supposed to challenge me. What did you when I say you have to forgive... <laughs> well, that's, that's a very legalistic... Uh, yeah very legalistic uh, statement that you just said. And what are my you chances of fulfilling that in the world of legalism? Yes. Uh, sec- zero to none. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> some, like a lion. Somewhere, yeah, somewhere between there. Uh, somewhere between uh, between not being able to do it and uh, being an utter failure at it. Yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll probably fall wa- in between those. So I should want to. Yes, have the desire to do that. And where does that come from, that desire? Well, that comes from the forgiveness that you have been first been shown, the love that's that's first been shown to you. Um, is it Paul, right, that says that it's Christ's love that compels me to right. to do these things? And right. um, it's, 
it's I mean, again this is what we talked about Sunday um, and it's it begins with begins with the cause and the effect right that's it's not it's not that we forgive so that we will be forgiven it's not we love so that we'll that we will be loved it's you know we serve we forgive we love because Christ has first loved and served and forgiven us so all of that all that comes from uh, comes from him so the rest of the text is the parable of the unforgiving servant so if we look at that from a uh, Bonhoeffer perspective I'm not sure that I'm not putting words in his mouth but um, if you look at the unforgiving uh, servant in terms of uh, cheap grace what do you see someone who's forgiven much and someone who's been forgiven very very little um, well I mean they've both been they're both forgiven the, the debts in this in this parable are both are both huge um, but in, in retrospect the one the one servant is forgiven this insane amount and the other one is actually uh, forgiven a reasonable amount it's mm, that would be not forgiven but yes well yeah not forgiven yeah. Uh, the debt uh, that's what I meant the debt the debt that the that the one servant was owed to the master or that he owed to the master was um, I think it says it says 10,000 talents which mm-hmm. was uh, it, I forgot I did the calculation and then maybe it's we talked about this in another podcast just think um, of it in terms of the gross national debt yeah it's it was it was this like or your would, student loans it would have taken him if you if you know if a denarius is a single day's pay um, it was like it would have taken him thousands of years to pay this debt off um, and then meanwhile the other one it would have taken him a couple of years to pay off mm-hmm. this debt like it's a it's a debt that you could have you could have paid off so it's in 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 comparison the debts are not are nowhere near the same um, and yet the one with the greater debt is forgiven his debt but then he doesn't want to forgive the one who owes him little so again in the in the um, um, triad of uh, cheap grace costly grace and costly grace again in the center is costly grace what did it cost the king in that parable to forgive that man well, it cost him 10,000 10, talents. talents, cost him the money. Yeah, and so it was not a little thing. It was a big thing. But apparently the servant took it as, what, a little. A little thing, yeah. Well, I was thinking about this too. Could it? Could you say that even the king, by forgiving this insane debt and by not, I mean, because like during this time, like if you owed, if you owed debt or if you, did something wrong like if you didn't if you weren't punished or if you weren't um thrown in jail or you weren't whatever could that have been seen as a sign of weakness from the king too so could he oh, have been yes. so could he have been i mean giving up you know okay well you know well that that king over there you know he's he's kind of a pushover because he didn't he didn't enforce the debt he just let him he just let him go without any without any punishment Therefore, what I can. Therefore, I can like I can push something over on him, and I can take advantage of him. Um, maybe I can take out a debt and have that forgiven also without, and not pay it back without any, without the fear of being punished for it. Yeah. So you know, can't push the details of a parable very hard. Sure. But I, I will go back to um, it cost an enormous cost, just as the sacrifice of Christ was sure. enormous, un- unspeakable cost, mm-hmm. and 
and the servant takes that lightly, like, of course he forgave me, and walks out of the room. Um, we don't, you know, again, it's a parable, and we don't know the details, but, you know, it's like, oh, I turn a corner, and there's the one who owes me three months' pay. Let me go choke him and uh, yeah, <laughs> and and demand my money back. Yeah. So, by the way, choking him was not allowed by the law. Demanding your money, yeah, that was that was uh, allowed by the law. So, his actions showed what he really thought, both of the king and the forgiveness that was given to him. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in a, in a Bonhoeffer again, the triad. He should have said to himself, I have been forgiven so much, this is the costly grace again, I should offer in my own way the same level of forgiveness to my fellow servant. Sure. Yeah, it's not what he did. No, <laughs> no, not at all. No. no, he stood on his rights and, uh, well, he demanded justice. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets justice. He does. Yeah, and again, parables don't go by the details because we don't know what happened to the second servant, but yeah, he gets justice. Yeah. He got the justice that was uh, not given to him at the beginning. Now he gets the full justice. Uh, the full weight of the law falls on him. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you said you said the you know the the rights, and I'm I'm looking at Bonhoeffer's sermon where he. Uh, I'm at the bottom of page 276 where he says, uh, where do my rights begin with respect to him, with respect to, uh, to, our, to our neighbor? Let us always take this question to Christ alone, as Peter did. So where, do our, where, where are those rights? Where do they begin? And that's really kind of where, where Jesus begins with this sermon or with this parable as he's addressing, like, you've given up, this is what we talked about before on the show, like, you've given up those rights, you have given up yourself, you don't, you no longer, (laughs) you no longer have rights, you are, you are mine, and since you are mine, this is the expectation, without being legalistic, I guess, um, but this is the, the way that your, your heart is transformed so that you're not you're no longer counting and keeping a tab of how many times you forgive somebody, but rather you just have this attitude of I'm going to continue to forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive. Uh, Paul says, "Pray without ce- without ceasing." Say, "Forgive, <laughs> forgive without ceasing." Right? Yeah. So there's a sense of entitlement there. I'm entitled to God's forgiveness, um, but no one's entitled to my forgiveness. Um, another way to look at it to talk about it would be to say um, as is again apparent in some denominations God doesn't forgive us once and then from then on, from that point on he's keeping a record um, if he's telling us not to keep a record don't count um, then uh, let me put it another way where would we be if God were keeping a record of our sins hmm. Oh my uh, gosh! Yeah, that's. I don't want to think about it. You're totally forgiven for all your sins, but I have this list. You said that on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to tell you don't don't talk about paper anymore. Terabytes of information. <laughs> terabytes of information, yeah. right? Here's your sin record. Right. Five terabytes. <laughs> if you, uh, I think of the song. If you, O oh Lord, kept the record of sins, who, who could, could stand? stand right? right. 
that's part of, I mean, that's part of our confession, you know, on, on a Sunday morning. Um, and it's, that's, that's the, that's the reality for us. And that's why, you know, in the, when, when we, when, dis- when forgiveness is described in one of, one of my favorite ways in the Psalms is, is that he's separated us from, is from our sin as far as the East is from the West. And just to express the magnitude of, you know, uh, you, because you can't, you don't know when the East stops. You don't know when the West stops and becomes East again. So when you say you separate as far as East from the West, you are separating it so that they don't, they don't even touch anymore. You can't get there. You can't, yeah, yeah you can't get there. Um, no matter how far West you go, you're never. Right. You're always <laughs> walking, you're always walking West yeah. and you're always, if you start walking East, you might end up in some water eventually, but you will always be going east. Yeah. And God's smart. He didn't say north or south because the poor, uh, if this was man written, they wouldn't have known the difference between <laughs> east and west and north and south. But That's we right. know yeah. if you go north far enough, you're going south. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he didn't. He also didn't write this to flatliners either. Yeah. Or not flatliners, flat, flat earthers. earthers, yeah. <laughs> flat earthers. Oh, oh, as far as east is from the west. Okay, well, there, there's a finite distance that he is separate us and if we go far enough we'll fall off yeah so he asked this question um and i know not not everyone has had this experience but he says do 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 you recall a moment in your life when god called you to judgment when you knew you were a totally lost person um, and god demanded an accounting for of your behavior and and we, we we i you knew that we had nothing that we could offer in our defense or no mitigating <laughs> circumstances. Mm-hmm. We were just standing there absolutely condemned, and then we were forgiven. Mm-hmm. Um, that sense of forgiveness is what the, the unforgiving servant should have had, and yet he didn't have. Um, and I guess the danger is that we can... Um, we do minimize what we've been forgiven for. I mean, no one will actually say this out loud. Of course, God forgave me. I'm a basically I'm a good person, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I was gonna. I come to church every Sunday. Right. I pray. I take communion. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm baptized. Um, the danger is to take sin lightly. Um, actually, I'll rephrase that. The danger is to take grace lightly. Um, and uh, it's the thing that sometimes Lutherans are, are accused of, but uh, to say, well, I, I am forgiven, I will be forgiven, I have been forgiven, therefore God doesn't really care what I'm doing right now. Yeah, that fancy word, antinomianism. We would never say I'm antinomian, but we might behave that way. Sure. Um, well, I know a lot of people that are. Well, we talked about this before too. God, I, I love to sin. God loves to forgive. It's the perfect relationship. Yeah, perfect arrangement. Perfect, um, relationship. perfect yeah. arrangement. Yeah. Um, yeah, we certainly, we certainly take that and do that over and over and take advantage of what has been given to us and don't understand fully or completely and i don't think we ever will um the the magnitude of this debt that we have been that we've been forgiven um unless unless you have a case like uh the rich man and lazarus in which case the rich man is begging to be released from from where he is 
and you know just begging for just a touch of water on mm. his lips unless we get to that point have an experience like that um we won't know what we've been spared from that that's a too late point <laughs> well, that's a what yeah too late. yeah too late too late yeah um yeah so i'm going to suggest and it would be a life together kind of thing also is um within the sermon not explicitly but within the sermon it's a call for self-examination to stop, like we said in the beginning, and review um, our relationships, former and present, um, and um, be honest about whether um, there's someone um, who we've forgiven with a small F and buried alive somewhere, mm -hmm. <laughs> or not forgiven and, and hold in our hostility because it's kind of... Uh, well, the consequences are, if you let it out, the consequences are too severe, but you're still hostile and yeah. or people you're bitter about. And the weird thing is sometimes, uh, not always, but sometimes the person that you're not forgiving doesn't even know uh, that you're mad, because if you're really good like me, they'll never know that you're mad at them, because you camouflage it. Um, or may not know what they said was offensive, but then there are other people who are deliberately provocative and offensive and they meant to hurt you and yeah, and delight in the fact that uh, you're displaying your, your pain. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I think you could go along with that. There's, there's people that they, they know that you are a Christian, so they will hurt you because they know that the expectation is that you are a Christian, you are supposed to forgive me. I, I had that had that happen with somebody close to me recently um, who got into an argument with, with somebody and this person said to the other, well, uh, you have to you have to forgive me because like, this person said something incredibly hurtful and said and his follow up response was you have to you have to forgive me because because you essentially because you believe in Jesus mm -hmm. which brings us back to oh i have a license to be mean right. to you right i have yeah because you're because you're going to you're going to forgive me you you have to forgive you me you have to forgive me yeah um withhold forgiveness withhold forgiveness from one and their sins are not forgiven. Oh, well, yeah, if that were literally too. <laughs> you would <laughs> right. not want to give that kind of office of the keys to me. But, uh, <laughs> right. Um, so you're forgiving someone because they are repentant and that's what Christ would have you say. Right. Uh, but let's, let's draw it for a minute uh, the difference between reconciliation, which is not a topic in the sermon, not, not explicitly a topic, but there's forgiveness, and then there's a next, you know, a bridge too far called reconciliation. We're commanded to forgive. Um, there's no explicit command to reconcile, but uh, Paul writes, in as, in as much as it depends on you, be reconciled. So... Now, that sounds like wiggle room, doesn't it? Yes. But it's not wiggle room because 
um, reconciliation requires what more than one person. Mm -hmm. um, you can forgive someone. You can strive to restore the relationship. But sometimes it takes two, right, or three, or four, or five. Right. Um, and reconciliation is very, very difficult to achieve. Now, reconciliation is exactly what Christ did between us and the Father, right? Reconciled us by his blood shed on the cross. I think that's Colossians, but I might be wrong. Um, um, and we were not even a party to that. That's kind of interesting too, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't stand in the corner waving our arms and say, please reconcile us to the Father. It says, while we were yet yeah. enemies, Christ... Well, I, uh, I think, yeah, well, and what well, we can learn from that in the way that we forgive, Jesus does not come to you and ask you if you desire to be forgiven. He just forgives you. And like on the, on the cross, right, when he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, he says, forgive them. He's not, he doesn't, he didn't say to those like he didn't ex he didn't wait for them to confess, you know, Jesus, we just killed you. You know, we're really sorry for that. He forgave them. I think it was James to James while he was being by while he was being stoned was praying to forgive the people that were stoning him. Um he Stephen. Steve, uh well James too, right? James was also I think he was yeah, I don't think executed that's actually by in the Bible. That's well no, but that's We know that Stephen said. Yeah, Stephen Stephen certainly said that. Um uh but it's it's God pursues that forgiveness without our permission, mm -hmm. um, which I think sometimes like we think, well, I, I'm not going to forgive that person because they haven't asked for it, and or don't deserve, or it. they don't deserve it, and I'm looking at myself, and when God came to me, God gave me His Spirit when in baptism, which I didn't ask for; He just did it. Um, when when we or when you know, while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ didn't say, "Hey, do, uh, do you want me to die for you?" Uh, he just comes and does it. You mean and he didn't die for the basically good people who <laughs> needed a little bit of help? Well, he he died for them too. <laughs> that, okay. But then also, well, there are no basically right, good. Right, people. right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, there's, but there's, yeah, there's, but there's. I mean, on the on the uh, what do you call that? The horizontal, the horizontal yeah. righteousness sphere, or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, there there are basically good quote unquote people, uh, you know, by worldly standards. Uh, obviously, by theological and godly standards, there are no good people. There's no one righteous, not one. Um, and and God doesn't. God just comes. He sees that need. He has compassion on His creation, and He comes to us without our permission, and mm -hmm. does what He does. We didn't. We I'm didn't say yes, but okay. Yes, yes but. but. The yes, but is he doesn't. He has forgiven the sins of the entire world, bought, mm -hmm. paid for it. But there's a reception problem, isn't there? Oh, absolutely, there is. So tell us about the recept necessity for reception of that forgiveness. Well, the reception part is you've been. Well, I mean, you look at you look at the gift that's been given to you, and we'll call that grace alone. Grace alone, yeah. The, the, you okay, the gift that has been given to you, 
Um, by grace alone. Yeah, you you didn't you didn't ask for that gift. It was given to you, um, paid for, bought for, paid for, and given to you, delivered to you. Um, I might say available to you, but and made available to well. I mean, I would. I'm going to say without faith alone, it's not yours truly. Well, okay, yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, but then, like, what, but what you do, what then, what you do with that is essentially, I don't. I'm going to tread lightly here. Essentially, what you do with that gift is up to you. Is that was is that fair? Um, so because you are re- you, responsive to the Holy Spirit, or you reject the Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the Holy Spirit has come to you, has transformed you, has has what? Well, yeah, through the Word, and and now and is is generating that that believing and saving faith in you, and you can say, "I'm good." Mm-hmm. Or you can <laughs> let it happen, right? Just kind of let it, let the spirit take over you. Uh, let God do what God does. Um, but it, it's the old Lutheran thing I used to hear. I don't know if people say it anymore. Um, I I can't say yes to the gospel, but I can say no. I can say no. Yeah. yeah. Um, because and that's and that's where that's where I think I get that idea of like you didn't say yes to this gift. It was just given to you. But you can say no once it once it's been given to you. You can throw it in the trash. Yeah. Well, um, my story about or choose that, to not unwrap it's almost it. Christmas. I Love don't know if they'll let us have Christmas this year. Yes. COVID Understand Christmas. there's seven or eight states where there will be no Christmas. But how do they? And how are they even gonna? Unless you're living in one of those dictatorship states where they're like, oh, you should encourage your neighbors to tattle on their other neighbors if they're having more than... Well, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing the governor of Oregon. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they were murdering children next door, you'd call the police. Yeah. Then you should call the police if they're not yeah. wearing masks or they're breaking my rules <laughs> or... Holy cow. Anyway. Yes, uh, they, if you see somebody murdering a child, uh, yes, you should report that. Uh, if you see somebody spending uh, Christmas. more than that. You maybe impose yourself between yeah, the child. Yes. And, yeah. okay. uh, but if you see somebody with your with their family, um, I'm going to. There's I'm gonna seven s- cars out in front of this house. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Anyway. Holy lost earth. Yeah, we, we, we digress. So you're going to tell a story about yeah, the gift that's Christmas. been given to us, Christmas. Yeah. Yes. I'm a, you know, my wife uh, decided one day to go give a neighbor. She she was a member of uh, my home church, and um, she knew she loved tea, and so she bought her a gift package of Earl Grey tea. Any Star Trek fan knows that what I am not a Star Captain Trek Picard fan, so. drinks. <laughs> Captain Picard drinks Earl Grey tea. Anyway, I'm going to talk about your science fiction choices. Anyway, um, <laughs> okay. She wrapped it up pretty, walked across the street because she lived two houses down, mm-hmm. knocked on the door, gave her the gift. She looked at it said, oh, this is wonderful. And she unwrapped it in front of her and said, Earl Grey, I have enough Earl Grey, thank you, and handed her the package and uh, shut the door. This is a curmudgeonly kind of lady, mm-hmm. by the way. So I remember that as you can give a gift but that doesn't mean that it's received. It's received, and yeah. I would say, I haven't known to say, it's not a gift until it is received. Mm. It's a potential gift. Sure. And so it's a potential forgiveness of your sins, but if you don't receive it, it's not an actual forgiveness of your sins for you. Um, so I would, could I, could you, I would argue maybe that your sins are still forgiven. 
um, I mean, they are. God has forgiven mm-hmm. you. Said, we just talked about it just a, just a minute ago. God has forgiven you of your sins. Um, it's kind of like, well, you told a story once too, I remember, uh, here at Family of God. Um, he talked about the, was it, was it Andrew Jackson? All the. The, that, that, that gave the pardon to the, or offered the pardon to the man in prison. And he's, for some reason, beyond anybody's comprehension, he said no. Yeah, I'd prefer to be hanged. Yeah, I, I like, you, you the, <laughs> this has been given to you and you're not going to take it. Like it, yeah. you're not going to receive it. You're not going to, you're going to, it's been given to you that, that didn't change. You didn't ask for it. You didn't decide for it. You it didn't, didn't, you didn't do anything for it. You didn't apply for it. Right. No. You didn't do anything for it. Je- President Jackson, President God <laughs> gives you this gift. It went to the Supreme Court was the point and it went through all the court systems. So some things haven't changed. Yeah. Got to yeah. the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said a pardon is not a pardon unless it's unless accepted. it's accepted, right? And so they hung him. <laughs> Great. But it was a bank robbery, and there was a you know a death involved, murder, I guess. But I kind of think he was hung for stupidity myself. But never mind. <laughs> well, that's and that's what we get. That's where we get to the the idea that uh, God doesn't send people to hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you choose to go there. Um, God, we talk again. Talk about sorry. We talked about this again uh, Sunday. We talked about it last week. God has prepared the kingdom of heaven for you. He has prepared the fire and all of that fun stuff, not so fun stuff, uh, for the devil and his angels. Mm-hmm. Yet there will be people that go there because they have chosen not to accept the pardon, not to receive the gift. Um, because they have continuously said no to the faith that the Holy Spirit is working inside of them. Well, those are the verses that follow John 3.16. Do you remember them? Got your Bible in front of you, right? John, uh, for the gospel of the world, that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish, should not perish but have eternal life, for God did not send his son. his son to condemn the world, but that all would be saved. And what happens after that? Keep Maybe you need to read it. Maybe I do need to reread it. Um, Out loud. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, nobody so else knows what I'm talking about. Um, yes. It's about men chose darkness instead of light. Men chose yeah. darkness. Yeah. Um, whoever believes in him is not condemned. Whoever does not believe is, uh, is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So the condemnation is not for their deeds. The condemnation is for their lack of their faith. Lack of they faith. did not believe. Right. Yeah. And, and and you see this all of, all of the... Uh, so how do you how, how do you get to a point of not believing? I'm leading you again. I'm sorry. It's, no, it's you know, if you it's Romans, right? How can they hear unless you know the whole bit? When you hear the gospel and the Holy Spirit works on you um, and tells you this is true and it's for you, and you say uh, no thanks or it's often often happens after evangelical uh, events. 
people come forward and 30 days later they're gone because whatever happened was temporary. Um, if we reject the word, then we're condemned already. Right. Um, it doesn't matter what we have done, we're not going to hell for our terabytes of sins, we're going to hell for what? Not, not, not believing. Not believing, right. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm distracted by the yeah, we have, screaming we have, we outside. Have street fight outside. Um, yeah, um, well, I don't. Th I think it's one person. I think it's it's, and you you know who it is. Yeah, it's it's two personalities. It's two one personalities, person. one person. So we, when we say street fight, it's one person arguing with another person. Um, one will win and one will lose. Right, <laughs> which is why we're not springing into action because it'll it'll wear itself out eventually. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, in the that idea of of not being condemned for your lack of works or your lack of whatever, uh, it's being condemned because you, you don't believe. Sheep and the goats, the goats were not sent to hell because they didn't clothe their neighbor, because they didn't serve their neighbor, because they didn't feed their neighbor. They're sent because that was all evidence that they lacked faith. Um, the, 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 the previous parable, the one with the talents, mm -hmm. right? He says that he feared his master. He didn't trust his master. He didn't have faith in his master, so he went and hid his talent. Um, the the one before that, right? The with the ten virgins and the oil, they they didn't go not because they were they weren't they weren't prepared. They they weren't um, they didn't trust that the bridegroom was going to come, and he didn't come on their schedule. Right, exactly, and and so they're they're they have the, they have the door shut on them. They're cast into the the place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. They're they're gone into eternal punishment, not because of anything that they did or didn't do. But because of their lack of mm -hmm. believing and saving faith, that I they've said no to. I think particularly, you know, you didn't say this on Sunday, but th there were a lot of things you didn't say. You only say so much in a sermon, but yeah, I think the sheep and the goats. One of the really sad parts of that is the goats believed they were sheep. Oh right, yeah, for sure. Uh, they thought, hey, you're our Lord. Yeah. If we, had, if Jesus, remember, I, I, I love when you say this, Je Jesus, we knew that it was you. If we had known, yeah. if we had known that it was you, we'd have clothed you. Of course, we would have <laughs> done it. Of course, we would have. Like, and she's like, no, like you don't get it. You guys don't get it. Like, this is not, this is not what I'm trying. Like, so it, you look at that, and you look at the the it's lack, like who, the lack of faith. Comparison of, sorry, it's a comparison of um, the sheep. It's who they were. That's why they did what they did. Right. But the goats were more like, just tell me what I'm supposed to do, and I'll do it. And, you know, that's not fair, Jesus. You didn't mm -hmm. tell me I'm supposed to do all these things. Right. Well, maybe you did, but you didn't tell me it was going to be you. Right. Kind of like uh, when my wife says, well, you should have known what I, <laughs> what I wanted. Oh, you did. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, it's... We, and well, I mean, it's like, it's the same thing with, with friendship. Like when, you know, like my, my best friend, Zach, he doesn't, he didn't say, Hey, I'll be your, like when we're like, now that we're best friends, you have to do all these things. Like you have to, we have to text, we have to get beer together. We have to watch the game together. We have to tweet back and forth. Like, no, those are things that happen because we are friends. They just, they happen. And in the same way, you know, serving your neighbor, loving your neighbor, coming to church and being being in fellowship with one another, those happen because of the faith that you have that has been given to you 
by the Holy Spirit through the hearing of God's Word and continuing to hear God's Word. This is why we come to church, continuing to hear God's Word. We, that faith is, is growing. That faith is being sustained through the Lord's Supper. And, and it, it, it makes us more in tune to the, the things around us so that we can look at our neighbor and see Christ rather than going, oh, Jesus, if I knew that that was you, of course I would have done it. Mm. So let's cycle back to the beginning, make that also maybe towards the end. Self-examination, um, that might best be start with uh, a prayer. And, you know, Lord, you have forgiven me so much and I've taken it so lightly. Please help me to see, open my eyes to those in my life who I have not given that same level of forgiveness to. And if you know some, name them before him. It doesn't mean sometimes you have to ask for help. Um, sometimes forgiving people is not a one-time event. Sometimes you have to go to the throne of grace, maybe some, maybe for years sometimes, mm-hmm. because it keeps erupting back, especially if, you know, in terms of abuse and other other things. The scars are so, uh, and the wounds are so deep. Um, it may, it may take more than than a simple oh I forgive him Uh, it's not like they they scuffed your you know they scuffed your car or uh, keyed your car I mean maybe they've ruined your life in a lot of ways and that kind of forgiveness uh, can't happen without the Holy Spirit but it's not necessarily an instantaneous miraculous it may actually be hard work yeah oh yeah and this this attitude of forgiving is, I think, really what's at the heart of this of this parable, um, uh, and that's why that's why Jesus Jesus says to he says 70, 70 times seven, right? I tell you, not seven times, but seventy times seven, and about every day, every day, yeah, because yeah, it's not again not just seventy seven times and you're done, um, but it's. Um, or seven here, seventy times, seven times, four hundred ninety times. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's an attitude of daily reflection, daily forgiveness, uh, because that's that's what happens for us. And uh, maybe we'll close. I'll just read the the last part of this sermon mm-hmm. uh, from Bonhoeffer. So this is uh, the last couple of sentences from this sermon, and uh, maybe you can kind of take this with you into the weekend, uh, especially as you're considering what you're thankful for. So Bonhoeffer writes this, he says, What path brings us to heartfelt forgiveness of one another for every sin? Dear brothers and sisters, whoever has had the experience of God tearing him out of great sin and forgiving him, whoever God has sent a brother in such an hour to whom he could tell his sin, whoever knows the struggle the sinner wages against this help because he does not want to let himself be helped, and whoever nevertheless has discovered that his brother has absolved him from his sin in the name of God and in prayer, for from such from such a one, all passion for judging and bearing grudges disappears. He wants only one more thing: to share in the plight of his brother, to serve, to help, to forgive without measure, without conditions, without end. He can hate his sinful brother no longer, but loves him all the more and forgives him everything, everything. And then he ends with the prayer. He says, "O Lord, our God, let us experience Your mercy, that we may practice mercy without end." Amen and amen. And I think to that, we will say amen and amen. Thank you all for listening today. I hope that maybe we made you think a little bit. Hopefully we didn't get uh, too confusing. Um, whenever we talk about the, we get caught up in the, 
the the stuff about you know we we should forgive we should love we we kind of kind of teeter on that legalistic line a little bit um we don't and certainly don't intend to do that and then of course when we talk about about grace and the gift of faith um sometimes i think we we can lean into those decision theology waters um and we want to be very clear that this this forgiveness this grace is a gift from god we do this and we and we respond in faith by forgiving one another, by loving one another, and by serving one another. Oh, you just turned back on your mic. I know. <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, he thought he, he thought he was rooming. Um, one of my famous sayings, I have to admit that I distilled it from somebody else, forgiven people do what? Forgiven people forgive. Yeah. Yeah, you've said that. you said that from many pulpits that yeah. I've heard. Yeah, and so... That's kind of something you ought to beat into your head so that when you run into an offense, you have to stop and say, forgiven people, mm-hmm. forgive. Am I forgiven? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Complete, go from there. Completely, 100%, you are forgiven in Christ. Have a great weekend, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. If no one has told you yet, God loves you, and so do we. Jesus, Dietrich, and Me is a Family of God Lutheran Church podcast. We are supported by a great number of churches throughout the state of Michigan. Thank you all for your love and support of the podcast and the ministry. We cannot do what we do without you. Have a great Thanksgiving, and we will talk with you all next week. Mm